Welcome to the Employment Law and HR Podcast with your host, Allison Colley. Hello and welcome to this episode number 77 of the Employment Law and HR Podcast. I'm your host, Alison Colley. I'm an employment law specialist and employment solicitor and I run my own business, Real Employment Law Advice. You can find more information about Real Employment Law Advice on our websites, which are realemploymentlawadvice.co.uk or adviceforemployers.co.uk. We provide advice and assistance to employers and employees all around the UK, and particularly we're based on the South Coast. This podcast is predominantly aimed at employers and HR professionals, managers, but it could also be for anyone who's interested in employment law. And what we do is cover various topics or cases and things that are in the news. At the moment, I'm in the middle of a mini-series, which I do occasionally on a particular topic, and this one is about mental health issues at work. And so we dealt with stress at work That was episode 75 and then episode 76 of the podcast which was the last one was about the sort of legal implications for employers in dealing with um, people with mental health issues and discrimination. And now what we're going to do is just look at some real tips. So some tips for being a good employer, some best practice tips that you can take on as an employer. So without further ado I'm going to get into this week's mini series episode three. When I was preparing for this podcast, I did a bit of a brainstorm myself, um, but I also threw open a question to um, social media, so both on LinkedIn and on my Facebook business page, but also on a networking group that I attend, because I know that there's quite often a good response from from LinkedIn and, and from various networking groups on Facebook. And what I asked was really just to find out what people thought were the reasons why employers and managers behave badly when it comes to dealing with mental health issues. And I really wasn't surprised to hear that the people who responded, and particularly when I was talking with colleagues and um, also brainstorming, it is that it's not actually about a prejudice, I suppose. That's not the key issue that came up as to why people feel that employers don't behave well with um, employees who have a disability, for instance, with regards to mental health. It's actually to do with not knowing, a lack of understanding, I suppose. Um, so I'll just read out some of the comments that came in and the responses that I received. On LinkedIn, um, Luke said that he thought it was about a lack of awareness from employers and the feeling that perhaps it's a bit of a taboo subject that you don't really talk about. And that was backed up by Lynn, who agreed. Then on Facebook, um, Cheryl Andrews, who's actually going to be a guest on the podcast in the near future, um, commented and said that she thought that it was due to a fear of making things worse, of feeling inadequate being worried about opening a can of worms, don't know how to recognise it in the first place and not knowing how to help. And for those of you who listened to the previous episode, you'll know that there has been an increase in the number of people who have been diagnosed with mental health issues and who are suffering with things like stress at work, for example. And therefore, it's not just something that's rare anymore. And being 
a great employer and an understanding employer and getting the best out of your people really involves having a strategy when it comes to dealing with these sorts of issues. So what can you do? Well, the starting point has got to be creating a culture in your organisation where there is understanding, there is acceptance and there is open communication about mental health issues. And here really the key word is communication. So making sure that all staff understand your position on it and the fact that you won't take discrimination and you won't stand for people behaving badly towards employees with mental health issues and that you will create a culture of openness and the ability to be able to share appropriately the certain issues that people have. And that can be encouraging awareness from managers and staff. Um, So starting with your senior managers, making sure they understand. They don't have to know the ins and outs of every single condition, but understand the varying types of conditions when it comes to mental health illness. And trying to encourage them to treat people who have mental health issues in the same way as they would those with a physical condition. So creating that awareness and communication. In a recent MIND survey by the charity MIND, they found that one in five people felt that they couldn't tell their boss they had a mental health problem. And considering we spend so much of our time at work and with our colleagues, it's really surprising that people are still afraid to open up and talk to their managers and the difference it can make when you you have a receptive manager and, and a communicative employee. It can stop those long-term health issues, long-term sickness absence and ensure better productivity. So really educating your senior managers, creating a, a culture of sharing and communication and understanding and recognising that quite often the problem can be that you can't actually see the issue when it comes to mental health illness. And it can be as simple as starting with a statement or a policy on you know how you are a positive employer when it comes to staff with mental health issues how you encourage staff to discuss them and then encourage managers to have regular supportive one-to-ones with their staff that can be as easy as that to start with really and then the second follows on from that uh, again is all about communication and that is taking steps to reassure staff and making them feel that they're appreciated And this goes for all staff, really, not just those with a mental health illness, but just saying thank you. It's surprising how many places and how many employers and managers find it really hard just to say thank you on a regular basis or, you know, what a great job. I appreciate what you did for me. And then giving positive and constructive feedback to staff. There are certain conditions where not having any communication at all can make uh, a person feel even worse. And so whilst there might not be a problem with their work, because they're not being communicated with regularly and told that they're doing well, then the the thoughts manifest in their head and they become paranoid and um, it can lead them to, to become worse and then obviously going off sick and a breakdown in the relationship. And then another one, about reassuring stuff is actually just saying hello to people in the morning and goodbye in the evening. This I'm still surprised and shocked by the amount of conversations I have with employees where they've got to the point of either having a breakdown or 
they're off work on long-term sickness and they're describing to me how they got to that point and they'll say and you know what my boss would come in and walk straight past me and not even say good morning and that was a big deal to them a really big deal. I'm sure in the majority of cases it wasn't intentional. It was just a lack of thought for whatever reason. Then third is making workplace adjustments. So being open to considering workplace adjustments such as changing hours, adjusting people's role, um, taking away or changing parts of the role that cause them high stress or um, cause their condition to become worse. Um, And even as simple as thinking about where they sit So if it's somebody who is prone to having uh, their condition becoming worse in the winter, for example, because they need more natural sunlight than others, just moving their desk to being in, in the window. The next tip is just getting your absence management processes right can have a huge impact for those people who do have to take time off because of mental health issues. It will help them to reintegrate back into the workplace better and also to prevent further absence again in the future. And so that can be as simple as having return to work meetings, supportive return to work meetings, I mean, not those in which somebody feels that they are being um, hauled over the coals for having some time off. Yes, you have to discuss why they've been off and what, what triggered it and what can be done, Um, to prevent it in the future and obviously if there are issues about the length of somebody's absence and the reasons for that then you need to discuss those but having those return to work meetings having communication with people when they're off as well now there are some employees and some conditions where actually employees don't want to have any contact with you or it's best that they don't but agreeing that from the outset with the employee really help again Lots of clients that I speak to say I haven't heard from HR or my manager and I've been off now for three months and nobody's been in touch and it's really disconcerting for them and they would have actually preferred to have a call or an email every now and then just to see how they were doing. And I think that comes down to what we were talking about right at the beginning about the reasons why people behave badly with dealing with mental health issues is because sometimes there's this feeling from employers and managers that they're worried about contacting employees on sick leave because they've been told that actually when someone's on sick leave you can't ever contact them well actually that's not true at all as long as you're doing it appropriately and with support um, either from medical professionals or the employee saying that they're happy for you to do so then you're you know perfectly legitimate to do so and actually would encourage it in some cases. Sending supportive messages to employees when they're on long-term sick leave for mental health issues will also help like sending cards like a get well card or flowers for example in the same way that you would if an employee had an accident and they were off work because of a physical injury you would you know most workplaces colleagues get together and send cards and flowers and say you know we're thinking of you and we hope you have a speedy recovery well in those, you know, why not do that for mental health issues when someone has a, a long-term illness because of a mental health issue? Why aren't we doing that? Um, again, I think perhaps there's this worry and people are afraid or it's taboo and you can't do that. But just telling someone that you're thinking about them can really make a big difference to their perception, to the speed of their recovery and return to work. 
And also, when you know that they're about to return to work after a period of time, um, even as short as a week, I would say, you know, consider giving them a card. You know, we're, we're looking forward to having you back. Um, we've missed you or sending them a text the night before or if they've been off, you know, for a week and you know they're coming back on Monday, on Sunday evening saying, you know, a reassuring text message or a reassuring call on a Friday before they're due back on a Monday, for example, to say, you know, we we hope you have an enjoyable weekend and we're really looking forward to having you back in and don't worry, we'll be here to support you. Um, again, I, I don't see anything wrong with that as long as it's appropriate for the person's condition. But again, why aren't we more communicative? It takes hardly any time at all to do it, but has a massive in impact on people. You know, I'm, I know that on occasions when I went on a long holiday, for example, you know, a two week holiday and you come to the you know Sunday night before you're due to go back to work and you're a bit anxious, aren't you, about going back in on Monday to what you might find and what's happened. Um, so imagine having been off because you've had, you know, um, a long term mental health issue or you've got a continuing issue which perhaps causes you a heightened anxiety and then you're coming back to work into the unknown at least having someone sort of touch base with you beforehand or to reassure you will um help with that anxiety you know no end and it's just a small thing i wonder how many employers actually do that say to people you know we're looking forward to you coming back in advance either by telephone card or text and I'd be interested to hear if you do it in your organization or if you have any best practice tips that I'm not covering here and then with regards to the absence management I, I would suggest again a best practice thing would be for the employee's manager to perhaps clear their diary for the day on the day that the employee is returning so that they're available I'm not necessarily saying you have to spend the whole day with that employee but you're available and around all day to talk to them again to allay their fears and to reassure them and help them to reintegrate back into the workplace. There's nothing worse than coming into work and the manager not being there or not being available or having, you know, five minutes and then having to run off. And some of the best practice things you can do, some changes that you can implement um, in your organisation are you could introduce mentors. So uh, those employees who are trained if you like or given additional training and responsibility for mentoring staff who are having mental health issues a buddying system so that when people return to work they have a buddy that they can talk to or if you employ someone who has a known history or, or um, diagnosed condition then they have a buddy you can have awareness days within your organization awareness for um, mental health issues and promote training on those days or information Having support groups encourage staff to get together and to talk about things and encourage people, you know, as far as they want to share, to share about their own experiences, whether that's theirs or someone they're close to. Because those people who have someone in their family that they're close to who have a serious mental health issue will be able to share and understand more um, than those that don't. So it's that, again, creating that understanding and of the conditions. And if necessary, get some external agency support. Have you got someone you can refer staff to? Do you know of a service if you have an employee who um, discloses to you that they have a serious mental health issue? Do you know where to send them? Would you be able to 
bring other agencies in to support them. So think about all those sort of things and having a list of resources even that you can refer staff to or you can refer managers to. So some really good best practice tips there. Again, none of those would be particularly expensive, um, but would certainly make a difference to your work environment. So what would I say in summary here? It's about handling the situation well in the first place, having those systems and processes in place and creating a culture in your business. It will have such a big impact on staff morale. It will not only reduce turnover, reduce sickness absent, it will reduce your costs. And it's a lot about education and being aware of the situation with employees. And there are some things you can do as a preventative. So you can help to promote good mental health for all staff in your organisation. And that could be things like a mindfulness, uh, practising mindfulness or meditation, um, reducing the pressure in your organisation. So you're taking away that culture of pressure and fear and the feeling that everybody has to be working completely to their capacity at all times. Maybe think about introducing uh, an evening uh, or straight after work yoga or something or having a mindfulness um, half an hour session at the start of the day or over lunchtime giving short classes on meditation. All those sorts of things just help to show that you are making a difference to um, staff and helping to promote their health and well-being. In much the same way as you would if you were promoting healthy eating or having, you know, the blood pressure checks come round or the sort of well-man services that come to workplaces. Do something similar for mental health issues. Now, for those of you who are interested, I will obviously put a list of all the tips and hints on the website, which is you can find at adviceforemployers.co.uk forward slash podcast forward slash 77. But just to recap... These are my best practice tips for being a good employer when it comes to dealing with mental health issues at work. One is create a culture where there's understanding, acceptance and open communication. Two, take steps to reassure staff and make them feel appreciated. Three, make workplace adjustments and be open to making changes for staff. Four, get good management of absence processes. Try to be a little bit different about how you manage staff when they're on sick leave. Five, try and introduce some best practice things that other people aren't doing. And six, try and do some things to prevent mental health issues from becoming worse or stress becoming worse in the workplace. With the rise in the number of people who are having stress at work, depression, anxiety and other mental health issues, It is really important if you are going to have staff and you're going to be a caring and responsible employer to take some time to think about these issues. So thank you very much for listening. I do hope you found it useful and I really hope that you just take, even if you take one thing away to do better for your employees, I'd love to hear how it goes. And of course, if you have anything you do that I haven't mentioned, which you'd like to share as best practice with other employers, then please do get in touch you can contact me at alison at realemploymentoradvice.co.uk or you can go over to the website and leave a comment, as I said before. Thank you so much for listening. It's been great to talk to you again. I will be rounding off this mini-series with an interview. 
which will be out in two weeks time. So look out for that episode. And um, yeah, once again, thanks for listening. And I hope you have a great week. Thanks again for listening. Just want to finalise by saying I wouldn't be a lawyer unless I had a legal disclaimer. So I must just say to you that the information in this podcast is for information only. It's general review and a general update. It's always necessary to get specific legal advice about your circumstances. So please don't rely on anything that you've heard in this podcast. But please do feel free to contact me if you'd like further information or specific advice.